Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Welcome into the 7 o'clock hour of Sports Talk. Steve Geller along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Aber, also Charlie Long running the show. Uh, Going to get into some Pelicans talk after the first break. Uh, Locked on Pelicans host Jake Madison will be joining us previewing the Pels' upcoming homestand. After that, we'll get into our pick six segment where we make our selections for the divisional round of the NFL games. Uh, wild card, Super Wild Card Weekend. Uh, not so great overall, gentlemen. There weren't, uh, you know, the games weren't very competitive. Although, uh, you know, the the best game I would say, uh, obviously, Rams and Lions. Uh, yeah, that was very entertaining. But to but me, but yeah, the the Cowboys getting whooped was entertaining oh God, as well. The, 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 I know you love the, that. The, that was no better game. Uh, <laughs> just snowball effect. Um, uh, that that was like I mean like you know what uh, good for the cowgirls uh, they have uh, uh, garbage uh, points and yards at the end of the game <laughs> oh that, that game wasn't even as close as it was uh, you look how the Packers dominated no I would say from a personal standpoint that was your most enjoyable oh, game oh, oh. it's not even close <laughs> it's not even close because uh, you know cowgirl fans they uh, they're arrogant they pompous and they just got humbled. They got humbled in their own but backyard. But this is our year. It's, this is our year. Jerry Jones, uh, all of a sudden, his blood pressure is rising. And uh, well, what in the hell is going on? No, he don't have any answers. Now, as far as an entertainment uh, standpoint, to me, that Rams-Lions game, uh, no, I, I was intrigued with that. I like how tough it was. I mean, how Matthew Stafford was getting the crap knocked out of him, how he kept answering the bell. And how Jared Goff, how the game plan that Dan Campbell had, the first three possessions, they scoring touchdowns. No, uh, I, I played in that city. I played in Detroit, won a championship in the USFL in 1983. I know how they love football. They're, they're Yankees. They're just like us in the Deep South. They love football. The Michigan Wolverines just won the championship. They're blue-collar people. They're blue-collar people in Detroit and Michigan. They're blue-collar in Cleveland. Cleveland's out. The Lions are still in. So if you have a team that you want to cheer for, why not cheer for the Lions and cheer for the Houston Texans so they could be uh, not only uh, in contention, uh, but can you imagine, I said this earlier, if the Texans go to the Super Bowl and uh, now you want to talk, talk about what bothered Jerry Jones, he might never admit this, that how about if the Texans, in theory, because they're still in the hunt. Sure. What if they won the Super Bowl 
And uh, and everybody tell oh, what about the Dallas uh, Cowgirls? Oh, well, what about Dallas and Jerry Jones? Who, who are they? Who, who did, did, did uh, what, what? How could they mean be second fiddle in Texas? Uh, second fiddle in Texas. They're not <laughs> even. Uh, how could they be world champs? They're not even the state champs. No, the Houston Texans right now are more relevant than the Dallas Cowgirls. That's just where they're at right now. That's a fact. Uh, another thing, last night, Cajun Cannon. Sad to see. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers moving on because woulda, coulda, shoulda. That could have been the Saints there. Oh, uh, Steve, I text you this. Uh, no, I truly believe uh, the Saints would have beat the Eagles. I think everybody would have beat the Eagles uh, yesterday. Uh, how <laughs> the Saints finished the season. Look how we played against Tampa Bay. So you know what that's telling me? And I don't know if we'd have won. Uh, that'd be like the Saints would be going to Detroit. We should be going to Detroit this weekend, yes. right? I mean, the, the, the woulda, coulda, shoulda. Yeah. Uh, you know, you do all that, but you just look at, okay, at the end of the season, how we dominated. Tampa Bay was trying to solidify the NFC South. How we dominated them in Tampa. Right. Okay. And if, uh, uh, Now, you got to take care of business to be in that position, but the Eagles— you might say, like, oh, Bobby, I don't know if we'd have beat the Eagles in, in the Superdome. The Eagles are Come sorry. Come on, man. I saw better tackling in flag football games. Know how the Eagles played to close out the season? And plus, you always remember as a player, I told you this, even though uh, Jalen Hurts didn't play, when Philadelphia was ro- rolling, the year they went, the last year they went to the Super Bowl, the Saints went to Philadelphia and beat them. Right. Okay, and, and I always say this. Uh, Jalen Hurts at that time didn't play. They had Uncle Rico. Gardner Minshew, uh, but uh, Jalen Hurts don't play defense. Uh, you remember we scored enough points to beat the Eagles. So no, uh, right now, uh, this is what this would be. Uh, we wouldn't even be talking about like Dennis Allen's future or Mickey uh, Loomis looking and for the, a new and, offensive coordinator and the Saints' future. Right? Uh, exactly. None of that. If the Saints would be in the same situation as Tampa Bay, okay. Think about this. It wasn't that long ago when the Saints spanked Tampa Bay. Remember that? Uh, the one before last game. And not necessarily a great showing. Uh, what would, they, what would they beat Carolina to win the NFC South 9-0? to zero. All of a sudden, Todd, uh, Todd Bowles, he goes all of a sudden from the outhouse to the penthouse simply because how they beat the Eagles. Look at Todd Bowles. He's like Dennis Allen, a defensive coach. Right, they were talking about shipping him out. Uh, yes, that's what I'm saying. Just, <laughs> just as like, I don't know about Todd Bowles' future in Tampa Bay. Well, but what have you done right. for me lately? <laughs> they win the NFC South. Uh, look how they spanked the Eagles. And, and look good going against Detroit. Todd Bowles ain't going nowhere. Uh, and, and, and they were bringing the wood. You know, always like that, uh, bring the wood. Uh, they were getting after the Eagles. Uh, cover zero. Uh, okay, you know what we're doing. We're gonna have coverage. Uh, we're gonna have confidence in our coverage, guys, and we're gonna get after Jalen Hurts. And sad to see, as an Eagles fan, for me, obviously, Jason Kelsey, is, the run is over for him. He's retiring from football, so they won't be able to do that tush push next year. No, and he's <laughs> one of the greatest centers in NFL history. We always talk about Travis, right? No one ever talks about Jason. I don't know. Does he even have a girlfriend? Uh, I mean, he's I, probably married with kids, and we don't even know it. 
Yeah, yeah, uh, but it's like, oh, it's, it's all about, oh, Kelsey with the Chiefs. Uh, you know, who, look who he's hooked up with. When we get back to the break, we'll be talking some birds more, but it'll be Pelicans basketball right after this here on WWL. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives they bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are so let instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date download the instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last minimum ten dollar per order additional term supply we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back into Sports Talk. Steve Geller along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Bear, also Charlie Long hanging out with you till 8 o'clock. Now joining us, Jake Madison from the Locked On Pelicans podcast. How you doing today, Jake? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on, y'all. Always appreciate your time. Uh, Pelicans going 3-2 and two on their last road stand. Uh, tough one in Dallas the other night, obviously. Uh, you would have liked to have seen this team be able to take two from this Mavs squad. Yeah, you know, it was nice that they got the win underhanded and really showed up to play and kind of took it to the Mavericks in that first game. But in the second game, to get all of your guys back, to get Trey Murphy, uh, CJ McCollum, Zylings, and Brandon Ingram, and still not get the win, it's kind of one of those things that raises an eyebrow a little bit, I think. I think this is a very talented Pelicans team. You know, January has been the tough stretch of their schedule, and they've certainly answered that call. Having a winning record and even going 3-2 and on that five-game road trip is very good. But when you see the star players and Brandon Ingram struggling and not scoring as well as he normally does over the past nine games or so, makes you wonder if this is a true championship contender or not. You know, we can talk about the depth that they have, and certainly they have a lot with that, getting that road win in the first game against the Dallas Mavericks. But your star players are who's going to take you to a title, and they need to step up and be a little bit more consistent than they've been so far. It could be the Pelicans still just kind of figuring some things out, and ultimately they're winning games, and that's the most important thing. But if this team wants to be a force in the playoffs, it's going to be on the backs of Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram. So you need to make sure that they're ready to show up. And right now, at least in that game, you didn't truly see it. You know, uh, Jake, uh, it seems like uh, when you break down games and, uh, to me, uh, second chance points, what I mean by that, rebounding. Okay, uh, that uh, boy, can you get the rebound? And then you had the free throw line. I mean, you can't, uh, what, uh, 31 or 41 and then Zion missed uh, five free throws, including one with 18 seconds remaining yeah. that could have tied the game. So something as simple as that. I mean, second chance points, just rebounding the basketball and then making your free throws could be the difference whether you win or lose. You know, it can be. You know, rebounding has been a topic, I think, all season long with this team. And I think at times they've shown they're a very good defensive rebounding team. When you look at the numbers, they're actually a top 10 defensive rebounding team all season okay. long. But that definitely rears its ugly head at very inopportune times, right? Derek Lively had more offensive rebounds than the entire Pelicans team did. 
the, he's the starting center for the Dallas Mavericks and a rookie nonetheless, right? That seems like something that the Pelicans should have been maybe a little bit more prepared for or made adjustments as the game went on. And he was big in the fourth quarter as Dallas came back to win that game and kind of get a little bit of a cushion at the end of it. You know, they weren't team rebounding. It was really just Jonas Valanciunas fighting on the defensive glass by himself, and there's only so much that he can do there. So they need to really have committed more like resources to that, have guys also go after boards, have smaller guys try and box out bigger guys so that Jonas can get the rebound or what have you. And that was just a lack of an adjustment, I think, on the coaching staff's part. That's been a bit of a problem all season long for this team, I think. You know, the coaching staff maybe being a little bit late with certain adjustments. It happened in that big-time loss to the Denver Nuggets, I thought, where they kept trying to play small ball and that wasn't working and maybe you needed to make adjustments sooner. You know, I you hope that, You'll see some growth, some more growth, because you've seen some from the coaching staff as the season goes on. But that's certainly an area where they need to be a little bit better about. But also when you're looking towards the trade deadline, right? Are they looking to upgrade the center position? If you get an incredible rebounder, then maybe you don't need to do that sort of thing. I will say Jonas Valanciunas is a very good defensive rebounder. He's one of the better ones in the league. So it leaves the Pelicans with a couple of questions about what to do at the trade deadline, I think, around all of that. And then you mentioned the free throws, right? This has been a problem for a couple of years for the Pelicans here. Certainly, Zion Williamson is a big man. You don't expect him to hit some of the free throws that you would like. But C.J. McCollum is shooting a career low from the free throw line for his time here in New Orleans compared to his time in Portland, right? We've seen Brandon Ingram miss big-time free throws as well. That, I think, is something they really need to put a focus on because, look, if you had a couple more of those, you win that game where it's an entirely different look for you at the end. And that could make the difference between winning or losing late in the games or late in the postseason, too. And you definitely don't want to see that. Now, uh, you know, Jake, what is your take? You know, you travel, you play in the Nuggets, then all of a sudden uh, there's not enough hours in the day, then you play in the Mavericks, the very first game. Uh, and then when I, when I read this, it's like uh, four of the five leading scorers, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, uh, C.J. McCollum, Trey Murphy, they weren't available. And then you look at Hawkins. And what he was able to do, he had knocked down what, uh, six three-pointers in the first game against the Mavericks. And uh, the question I have for you, how do you figure out his playing time? Uh, because uh, to me, I, I, I don't know, uh, the, uh, how do you manage those minutes? Uh, I, I, I think the coaching staff at Appels are they're trying to figure out how we're going to do that. Because to me, Hawkins has not been overwhelmed and doesn't look like uh, no rookie. Uh, and when you look at it, what we draft them, like 14th in the first round? Uh, he's been unbelievable to me with how he's contributed for the Pels. Yeah, look, they need to find more minutes for him. It's really as simple as that. You know, when you look at your star players in Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson, something they both need to work just more effectively is more shooting around them. And in that starting lineup, it's really C.J. McCollum, and that's it. You know, you have Trey Murphy off the bench. That's your other shooter. And then after that, it's got to be Jordan Hawkins. They need those, him out there on the court to provide spacing for Zion and Brandon Ingram and let those guys just work more effectively. When you looked at the New Orleans Pelicans trying to come back against the Denver Nuggets, they were down by as many as 22, and then you saw Zion 
just going to work in the fourth quarter. It was because there were shooters around him. The court was just spaced better. His life was easier. And you look at the lineups with him playing with shooters versus playing with non-shooters, and it's kind of night and day in their efficiency in the NBA. So they need to find minutes for him, you know, even if it means you're taking minutes away from an energy guy like Najee Marshall off the bench. I know head coach Willie Green really values that his toughness from Najee Marshall, the defense that he brings. But it's about maximizing your star players, and they need to have Jordan Hawkins to do it. It's why he was drafted 14th overall. It's why when he was drafted, I called him the best fit in the draft of the first round because this was a guy that was going to come in, be able to just move around on the perimeter, find ways to get open, get the ball, and then shoot an open three-pointer, which he gets a ton of when you play with Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram. So they need to find ways to run out more uh, lineups that have more shooting in there. You'd like to see C.J. McCollum, Trey Murphy, and Hawkins all out on the court at the same time with Zion Williamson or Brandon Ingram. I think that's the type of lineup that has potential to be one of the best offensive combinations in the league. So I think as the season goes on, you'll see Hawkins get more minutes because he doesn't seem to shy away from the moment. He doesn't seem overwhelmed as a rookie. And the other things that he does are contributing across the board. You know, he's a decent rebounder, I think, right? The ball moves, too. It's not just like it hits his hands and he's going to shoot. He's a willing passer as well. You've seen him have a couple of games with four or five assists. I think all of those things make him more playable, and so I think you'll see his minutes go up. Now, Jake, I think I probably talked about uh, this uh, in this regard, uh, maybe the last uh, time we had you on, maybe the time before, about how many three-pointers you attempt. Now, I look at the team, the Pelicans, um, in the last game against the Mavs, converted 7 of 23 threes. Uh, they made 11 fewer threes than the Mavericks and attempted uh, 20 fewer looks from beyond the arc. Uh, and I all know about uh, Kyrie Irving and then talk about Tim Hardaway Jr. Uh, but what's your take on that about uh, the actual attempts and what occurs? Because when I read that, that, that caught my attention. I think it's less about the exact number of attempts and trying to hit like a, an artificial target, right? Or an artificial goal with that. And more, are you scoring efficiently, you know? And with Zion Williamson, if he's scoring at the rim and he's running the majority of your offense, you're just not going to get as many three-point attempts, right? He doesn't shoot threes. You want the ball in his hands. You want to put him in spots where he scores at a very high rate. Right. And that's attacking the basket and scoring at the rim. And if he's doing that, if he's on route to a 30-point game, I don't think the three-point attempts there matter as long as you have shooters out there on the court that keep a defense honest. You know, one thing I notice when Jordan Hawkins is out there, he's in the opponent's scouting report. They put a guy on him because they're worried about him shooting an open three-pointer. When you stick a guy on him, that's one less defender that can sag off and help against Zion Williamson. So even if they're not hitting three-point attempts or shooting many threes, as long as you have shooters out there on the court to keep that defense kind of scared of the potential from it, it means Zion should be able to go for 30 points or so and be able to get to the rim and score. Now, if he's getting walled off at the rim, which you saw the Dallas Mavericks do in that second game here. And he's still kind of just going in there, losing the ball, turning it over, not getting a good look and missing. That's when you need to make adjust your game plan and have your guys shoot more threes. And so I think we look at it as, is Zion scoring well? If he is, keep doing what you're doing. If he's not, you need to shoot more threes, and hopefully they need to start going in so that teams ease the pressure on Zion and you go can go to him later in the game. So it's less about the number of attempts and more kind of the style and, you know, kind of dictating what the defense is doing, I think. Now, uh, Jake, I think it's a big enough sample size uh, right now and all the years uh, that you've watched the team and followed the Pelicans. Uh, 
when you look in your crystal ball, I'm looking at uh, the Pels with 24 and 17. They finish uh, with the road trip by uh, three and two record. They're on pace right now, uh, 48 uh, win pace at the halfway point of their season. And you look at the history, uh, only one team in franchise history, that was the 07 08 New Orleans Hornets, had eclipsed uh, the 50 win mark. So, uh, where do you look at Matt right now? And to me, uh, I think three and two uh, road trip r- record. I mean, uh, I think we had a great opportunity to be four and one. But you look, we played Wednesday night against the Charlotte Hornets and what, uh, the first of four straight games at home. It seemed like we could put some hay in the barn uh, and take care of home court. And uh, the perception is, are we on pace of uh, 48 wins? Yeah. Uh, why not 48 or 50 wins this season? Yeah, you know, I, th- I think they can legitimately push for that. Whether they're a true title contender or not, I think is a different discussion from it. But in terms of, like, getting wins and being a very good regular season team, I think they've proven already that they can do that, right? When you look at the teams they've beaten in the Western Conference, they've beaten up on teams that they should beat, which I think is the mark of a good team. They're not really playing down to their competition like they have in years past and losing some very winnable games. And they're beating top-tier teams, right? They've played Minnesota incredibly well, and I right? think Minnesota is legit one of the better teams in the Western Conference. They've played the Kings incredibly well, right? 4-0 against them this season. They've played well against the Dallas Mavericks, you know, splitting that season series. They've played and beaten the Denver Nuggets too. They've beaten some of these top teams already. And so I think they can continue to beat up on the teams that you're supposed to beat, get those kind of schedule wins that you have out there. I think that's a guarantee for the Pelicans team. And if you're splitting games against the top teams in the West, you're going to be pushing for 50 wins, I think. So I think it's a very realistic possibility. You know, when you look at kind of their, their regular season ceiling or what maybe the realistic expectations are, I think, you know, the fourth seed is attainable for them. I don't know if I put them in the top two in the West. You could argue maybe for the third seed if things go right. But getting home court advantage in the first round is very much on the table right now for this Pelicans team. They've shown growth in the right areas. They're getting healthy. They're staying healthy, which is maybe the most important thing for them. And if they put it all together, you see why they're competing against some of these top teams. You mentioned, uh, Jake, beating the teams that they should be beating tomorrow night. Uh, they got Charlotte. Friday, though, a Phoenix Sun squad I really haven't re- uh, figured out yet. I-, I don't know. What do you think of this matchup against Phoenix upcoming? Because they just seem to be all over the place right now. Yeah, look, I don't think Phoenix has even figured themselves <laughs> out yet, right? Gotcha. That's, that's why they're up and down here. You know, look, they have a lot of talent, a lot of top-end talent there in Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, Bradley Beal. The problem is with all of the injuries that they've had, they just really haven't had those guys on the court together nearly as much as they really need to because they are a top-heavy team. There's not a ton of depth there. You know, they, they gave up depth. They gave up draft picks that would have given that to them, you know, in all of the trades for Kevin Durant, for Bradley Beal. So they need their big three playing. If they get all those guys out there and they develop some chemistry, they can be a very good team. But if you don't get that, even going into the postseason healthy doesn't necessarily mean anything. Look at the Los Angeles Clippers, you know, the past feels like 10 years or so, right? There's always been star talent there, but they do the load management thing. Those guys don't develop chemistry on the court and then come the playoffs Yeah, they're on the court and they're healthy, but it looks like a bunch of strangers playing basketball for the first time, and that's not how you're going to win in the postseason. So, you know, the Pelicans getting the Suns right now as they're still figuring things out, I think bodes well for them, and we've seen them, you know, from that 
playoff series a couple of years ago really develop a little bit of a mini rivalry, I think. I go back to Zion Williamson's 360 dunk right at the end of the game uh, just last season. So if the Pelicans bring the right kind of intensity to this, and you saw some of that intensity in that second game against the Dallas Mavericks, I think they're going to be right on in this one. But, look, I'm with you. I still haven't figured the Suns team out yet. I don't think anyone has. If anyone could, they probably should be the head coach of that team right now. Now, uh, Jake, I think I ask you this every year uh, at this point. Who's maybe surprised you in the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference? I'm looking at all of a sudden, uh, like, uh, and I'm familiar with this because, you know, the play-in tournament, uh, Halliburton, you know, the the oil industry, Halliburton uh, with the Indiana Pacers and then the Orlando Magic. I look at the Eastern Conference, I look at them. I think the Utah Jazz is better than I thought they'd be. They've always been a thorn in the Pell side. But what would be uh, like two Eastern Conference to two Western Conference teams that you say like, whoa, they're doing way better than I thought? Yeah, you know, in terms of the East, I actually even think it's the Philadelphia 76ers who, after trading away James Harden, right, have Tyrese Maxey stepped up. He looks like an all-star. Joel Embiid, you could argue, might be the MVP of the league right now. There were some questions of how they'd look post-James Harden, and it seems that was kind of addition by subtraction. And they're one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference when it maybe looked like they'd be taking a step back. The Pacers are absolutely a team. Tyrese Halliburton, with that in-season tournament, has kind of burst onto the national stage is one of the premier scorers, one of the premier lead guards in the NBA right now. And I think that guy is a guy who's going to be the house, uh, household name, you know, for NBA fans very, very soon. In terms of the West, I think there's you, you can go in any direction. Certainly the Jazz, after their bad start, are somehow competing and winning games, and it's been a little bit of a surprise. And the Pelicans see them coming to town next week, so that'll be a tough test. They're definitely up there. I think the other two teams you could point to are the Minnesota Timberwolves after being a, in rough shape last year after that Rudy Gobert trade you're seeing Anthony Edwards take a leap forward after his experience with Team USA this summer Rudy Gobert is back to being you know a defensive player of the year candidate and their defense looks absolutely like one of the best ones in the league right now the other team that surprises me though is kind of the the uh, Los Angeles Clippers right they've been on a tear since that James Harden trade there were a lot of questions of how he would fit on that roster there's only one ball to go around between him, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and Russell Westbrook. But that whole team is really making it work, and they found the right balance for everything. They're much better than I thought they were going to be. There was talent there, but they've just never put it together, and you've never really been able to trust them. Right now, they look like legit finals contenders. Jake, definitely always appreciate your time. Look forward to the game tomorrow night, and we'll be talking to you more soon. Of course. Thanks for having me on, y'all. Thanks, Jake. Remember, for all things Pelicans, subscribe to the Locked On Pelicans podcast on the Odyssey app, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. When we get back, get into some NFL playoff talk this weekend, who we like in the big matchups. Coming back right after this on WWL. Back here on Sports Talk, time to make our picks for this big weekend. Charlie, how did the group do over for Super Wild Card Weekend and in in all the picks? I don't. I don't think not great. <laughs> <laughs> not not great. I can't even like sugarcoat it. Uh, Steve, you and I actually tied and won this week at three and three. Woo-hoo! So that shows how well we did. I'm making uh, moves now. The Texans really helped you out, Steve. I, all of us picked the Browns. That really didn't work out. <laughs> uh, the Bills really came through. The Bucks. Oh my goodness. I, I got to thank Baker Mayfield in Tampa Bay. I had no faith. 
and what the Eagles were doing, just their late season collapse. That really helped me get back into the scoop of things. After that <laughs> one and three start, the Bills and the Bucks really came through for me. I went three and three. You went three and three. Bobby and Mike both went two and four this past week. So looking at the updated standings before we get into pick four, it's not pick six, it's <laughs> right. pick four this weekend. Uh, Mike still leads the way 71 and 48 every single time. Even though a two and four week, he still has an incredible record. Bobby, 67 and 52. I'm right on your tail, <laughs> 66 and 53. And Steve, you're at 63 and 56, guys. All right. So that's just kind of the review of last weekend. Oh, but now, Charlie already knows my, my picks that this week uh, so charlie can you be objective and not just look at my points well i know and, everyone's picks because uh, mike gave me his and oh, okay. steve to gave try me, and you know, strategize to yeah. overtake yeah yeah no i i think i think we'll have a couple different picks okay all right okay. so That's we'll good. see how it goes i've Looking, been chasing this entire time it hasn't helped me no, but uh, I mean, at least you you fight and you fight. Yeah, and you're yeah. not giving up. So. Yeah, so I got Mike's picks ready to go. All right. Um, so you actually have two different from Mike, but we'll get into that. Starting kind of chronologically here, uh, Saturday, January twentieth, we got the four seeded Texans at the one seeded Ravens in the AFC. Baltimore opens as nine point favorites over CJ Stroud. That's a Demico lot of Ryan's points. The Texans. That's a lot of points, but uh, you know what? Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to go on pass. Uh, go on. I just like the Ravens because that was my August pick to go to Super Bowl. I think at home they'll handle business against the Texans, and you know can win like I don't know 27-17 type games. So then they recover. So that's that's why I'm going with the Ravens and giving up the nine points. Yeah, this one definitely a lot of points. Like you mentioned, obviously nine points. I'm leaning towards. Uh, Houston to at least cover. Okay, that's I'm, I'm not good saying they're going to win the game, but man, oh man, how that's a lot how, of points. How impressive, obviously, guys, has CJ Stroud been? And man, oh, thank God the Carolina Panthers didn't pick him. We don't have to see him twice a year. Uh, that's right. That's a good point. <laughs> Listen, if CJ Stroud goes into Baltimore and takes down the Ravens, <laughs> I mean, go back to back weeks of taking down the best defenses in the NFL. Yeah. He made the. I mean, he made the Browns look silly, guys. So I really don't like taking the Ravens here. I'm going to do it anyways okay. because I trust in the Ravens as the most complete team in the NFL. Some people will say San Francisco. Baltimore went to San Francisco and, and wiped the floor him. with yeah, them. Yeah, that was a wax. Yeah, uh, Lamar Jackson's going to be the MVP. I know there's that stigma of him in the playoffs, and I mean, I think that this is his chance to kind of reverse that. Uh, give me Baltimore minus nine. Don't feel great about it. This is me going against the Texans again. And CJ Stroud, if he keeps proving me wrong, you know it's going to be hard for me to not pick him next week against you know the winner of that Chiefs Bills game. But How give did me Mikey the Ravens. D go? Mike went with the Texans here, so this is a split decision. Okay. Bobby, you and I have Baltimore <laughs> at home. My main reasoning as well, guys. Houston's not really good on the road this year. Like they've they've made a lot of their money, so to speak, at home, uh, and they show that against the Browns for sure. But give me give me Baltimore off a week of rest to really take it to the Texans in this matchup. Moving on, guys. Later that night, we got the number seven seed Packers at the one seed 49ers. San Francisco opens as nine and a half point favorites in this one. Well, uh, again, uh, that's my August pick: uh, Ravens and 49ers. That's minus nine and a half. That's a lot of points. Look at the Packers, the the whooping they put on the Cowgirls. Uh, but I like the 49ers that much. I'm going to lay the 9.5 and, 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 and go with the 49ers over the Packers. It's I'm a with, huge number. Yeah, a big number, but I'm with Bobby on that one. I was not a believer in the Packers last week against the Cowboys. Thankfully, they came through. Definitely happy to see Dallas out of it. But I just don't think Green Bay is able to repeat that task. And uh, the Niners kind of bury them in this one. Mm, I don't know because I, I I didn't trust I didn't trust actually the the Cowboys much and that was a really a mistake on my part to take them. 
uh, I feel like this line is a trick. You know, it feels like Vegas knows that the 49ers are just going to wipe the floor with Green Bay this weekend. So I'm being dumb uh, <laughs> and seeing that I have a potential because now Mike also has the 49ers okay. uh, to go against it. It's a big line, guys. Maybe Jordan Love keeps it somewhat close. I'm going to go with the hot hand here and give me the Packers. Ooh, Plus nine and a half. Hey. Oh, oh, oh you know, Charlie. Got if, if they keep it within double digits, if they keep it with single digits, that's well, kind of what I'm hoping and, for here. And, and Charlie, uh, before we get to the AFC, because I'm going to ask you this, uh, obviously, uh, you look, the 49ers, it could be rainy maybe, but it's not going to be like frozen tundra. No. Uh, what's the forecast uh, in Baltimore? Because that's an outdoor uh, venue. And then the Chiefs had the Buffalo. Uh, that's on Sunday the twenty first. So uh, at the, at Baltimore, January twenty was the forecast, and then the twenty first on Sunday at the Bills because the Lions they're playing inside and the Forty ers It could be wet and cold, but it's not going to be like Baltimore Michigan. is sunny but very cold. Uh, yeah, see, it's high of twenty six. Low I'm sixteen, high of like twenty four. So, uh, it's going to be cold, but it's not going to be like terrible conditions where it's right. snowy or anything like that. It's going to be more Ravens type weather, I think. Uh, yeah, when I so, look at that, you know, now CJ Trout played at Ohio State, uh, but he's uh, used to playing inside in Houston. So meanwhile, San Fran is is going to actually be pretty nice. It's a low of fifty three, a high of sixty. Yeah, that's it's going to be football so, weather. Yeah, exactly. Right. So moving on Sunday, January twenty first, guys, we got the other NFC matchup: the four seeded Buccaneers at the three seeded Lions. Detroit opens as six and a half point favorites. Uh, Mike's got the Lions in this one. I have the Lions. I'm laying the six and a half. Also, I, I, I think, um, man, I'm going. Oh, whoever's the home team, I'm going with the home team, and uh, obviously going to ride that momentum. Uh, they've been waiting for this. Uh, listen, uh, this should be the Saints. This should be the Saints. I wonder what the spread would be. The Dang, Saints. Dabbit, at the, you're right. <laughs> the Saints at the Lions right now. Uh, look, look, who who was the hotter team at the back end of the season? The Saints or the Bucks? Hello, it right? was the Saints. But you know the Bucks took care of business, even though they won nine to zero against the Panthers, and then they waxed the Eagles. But they're six and a half point underdog at Detroit. But I'm going to go with the Lions and lay the six and a half. Uh, lo- loving the Lions in this matchup, guys. But I am going to take Tampa in the points. I think uh, Baker and the Bucks can keep it a lot closer uh, than we think. Uh, field goal type of game, oh, okay. but the Lions do come out ahead. But I have uh, Buccaneers and Baker covering. Yeah, Steve, you're on your own on this one. I-, I think you know, looking at what they did to Philly was really impressive. But how much of that was just Philly dead in the water? Oof. I mean, we kind of talked about that last weekend. Like this was a team that was limping into the postseason. The the Bucks took advantage and give them credit for that. But this alliance squad that. They've got their first taste of playoff success, their first win in 32 years, and now they're hosting a game to get to the NFC Championship. Pretty amazing. Yeah, give me Detroit in this one. I I know that last week, uh, just this past weekend, was a lot of emotions with Matt Stafford coming back home. Well, the Rams are better than the Buccaneers, I think. I I would agree. I would agree 100%. So give me Detroit uh, in a big big one here over a touchdown, minus six and a half. Uh, I'm taking the Lions. And, you know, Charlie, before we go to the Chiefs and Bills, uh, it's amazing – how the NFL season, how long it is. You know, you go game to game. How all of a sudden, if you were living in Philadelphia and you're listening to sports talk radio and they're all excited, they're going, fly, Eagles, fly, you know, they're 10-1. and And then they're wearing paper bags just Uh, a month and a half later. Yes, and then all of a sudden it's like, cry, (laughs) Eagles, cry. Like you say all the time, what have you done for me lately? Uh, uh, No, it's amazing. And it was all in the same season, not two different seasons. They were like, oh, okay, oh, we're 10-1. How drastically things change. 
Yeah, I'm, I just feel like Detroit's a great feel-good story. Now, that may end you know, next weekend in San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. But could you imagine the scenario where the Packers go into San Francisco, upset them, and then Detroit's hosting the NFC Championship game? 32 years without a playoff victory, and then they're one win away from the Super Bowl. So, uh, moving on, guys. <laughs> we got the matchup of the weekend. Everyone's really looking forward to the AFC, the three-seeded Chiefs at the two-seeded Bills. So, what's the weather there, Charlie? Do Buffalo opens as two-and-a-half-point favorites in this matchup. Uh, Mike has the Chiefs. I'm gonna look up the weather real quick yeah, uh, yeah. in this matchup, but I imagine it's going to be you know similar to what it was this weekend. Maybe not as bad. Yeah, that, that, that was well, no, that, that weather was horrendous. Sunday that changed the game. Yeah, what's par- the weather? Partly Sunday? cloudy uh, according to my weather app, and it's going to be about 27 high and a 12 low. So not too bad. Not you know as bad Bundle as it was up. with the the winter storm that they had ahead yeah, of that it, Pittsburgh it, game. It's not minus. You have to look at the wind. Uh, you know, cold is cold. I played in cold games and how your hand and how the ball feels. Yeah. Uh, but it's the win. And uh, that's why you need to be uh, like a Josh Allen, uh, country strong. Uh, when you look at him throwing the ball or running, uh, because how the win affects that football. But I'm going to go with the Bills and give up the two and a half points. Uh, Pat Mahomes is not playing an arrowhead. He's on the road, so that's going to be intriguing what's going to happen there. I'm actually with you, Bear. I think the I like the Bills, given the two and a half points. Chiefs just haven't been the Kansas City Chiefs of old, and I think uh, this is finally Buffalo's time. Well, uh, and, and you know what, uh, Charlie, I'm just thinking, I'm looking way ahead. If you truly underdog of the underdogs, uh, I don't know if the NFL would love this. I mean, I would love it. Uh, Cleveland's out. I wanted kind of Detroit, Cleveland. What if you had a Detroit, Houston, Texans Super Bowl? What? I would love that because you're representing Texas. That being said, of the Cowgirls, and then the Lions. Who can hate on the Lions? Come on. And then Buffalo as well. I mean, Buffalo. Yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah. For Buffalo, when I was playing them with Jim Kelly, they went to four straight Super Bowls. In a row, lost and all they, they should have won the first one when Scott Norwood missed that kick. Right, you know I had, I had beat the AFC twenty straight times. The twenty-first game, I lost to the Bills and Jim Kelly right here in uh, Superdome. So no, I respect the Bills. The Bills have always been an NFC type team before when the NFC was a lot tougher than the AFC. Nobody uh, in the trenches, like Lawrence Taylor and Reggie White days. I wonder how much of this game comes down to like the memory of a couple of years ago with that incredible, like iconic Chiefs Bills game where the Bills just came up short against right. Kansas City. Like they're they're trying to look, get this monkey off their back, and this might oh, be the year to doubt. do it. But I'm going with the Chiefs, guys. Like I, I think that maybe the Bills do win, but I'm looking at maybe like a one point, two point game. Give me the two and a half points. So to work you with. might uh, have the Mike Chiefs. Mike and I on have one. the Chiefs, okay. and you guys got the Bills. So we'll see what happens. I'm rooting for the Bills. So if the Chiefs win, good for me in pick <laughs> six. If the Bills win, I'll be happy to. Well, uh, the, you know what uh, the Chiefs remind me of, and not it's not even the Chiefs. Is that don't bet against Pat Mahomes? Uh, that's the I am only not thing. doing that. I understand no, no, that? Yeah. That's the only thing that right. scares me. Uh, is that uh, don't go against uh, Patrick Mahomes. You know, all the receivers can't catch and this and that and all. But when you go against Mahomes, you might be in trouble. You heard our picks. We'll be back to close out Sports Talk right after this here on WWL. Closing things out here on Sports Talk, Cajun Cannon. We got LSU basketball tomorrow. Be hosting Ole Miss. We'll get to coverage of that at 6 o'clock. But other than that, be talking tomorrow with more after Mickey Loomis's end-of-season press conference. We'll get all the highlights from that. Yeah, I have uh, – uh, tune in. I have one question for Mickey. I'm, I'm going to leave it at that before I tell you what it is. All right, bon nuit, les gens. 
good night, people. Who that? Go Saints. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.